Welcome to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson, and we go over market conditions and market strategies. And today, we're going to look at the year that was in 2023, what happened. You got to know what happened because then it tells you what's going to happen into the future. So it was a great learning year, a lot of information to go over. Coffee with Casey is meant to sit around and get into some of these uh, um, numbers and market conditions and market strategies a little bit better. So let's get going. Let's start with, you know, two things drive real estate markets, inventory and interest rates, right? So the more inventory, then that's a downward push on, uh, the, the, the less inventory we have, it's an upward push on pricing. That pushes prices up because there's nothing to buy, scarcity. Interest rates, when interest rates go up, prices go down. So these two factors are constantly working against each other, hopefully. In 2020, 2021, interest rates fell to their very bottom, and so did, in, so did the inventory. Both of them bottomed out, and we had 20% appreciation in that year. So you've got to keep your eye on where's the inventory, and I don't mean generally, I mean local, recent, which I'm going to show you here. So... Know your inventory, know your interest rates. We're going to go over both. I'm going to show you that effect on pricing, how it's affected prices in 2003. We're going to look ahead to 2004 and see what's coming. It is a bright future. All right. So the first thing I look at is over the past year, 2023, how's inventory been in Arlington? Okay. It was only down 10%, not bad. Fairfax County down 21%, bad, real bad in in Loudoun County, 26% overall. 23% 23% in Prince William, average of 20% down. Now, this these averages are against a five-year average for the last five years compared to today's inventory over the, with the inventory of the average of the past five years. That's what you get. So if anything held up prices this year, it's that screen. Lack of inventory kept prices up to where they were in 2022. Now, You need to know trends. Those are good numbers, but you need to know trends. The most recent information is the most, is the best information. So the next thing I look at is the fourth quarter. So how is the inventory in the fourth quarter? Well, it pretty much went higher. The lack of inventory went higher in every market. So we were down 39%, I think that says, in Fairfax County. 39% in the fourth quarter. Versus the four, so if it felt like there was nobody out there, there was nobody out there. That's what really happened. There was just no inventory in that fourth quarter. So now we get into the 30 days. In the last 30 days, how's, how was inventory? Well, in Arlington, it's getting worse, right? But Fairfax County, getting better. Uh, Loudoun County, about the same. Prince William County is really losing their inventory, which is is good. That means, you know, uh, the, the inventory is coming back in Prince William County, and then the averages you can see. It was bad, it got worse, and then it got a little bit better at the, at the very end. So where are we for 2023? Lack of inventory propped up our pricing on these houses because really the buyers didn't have that much to pick from. Now, I need to go granular, and we do this for all of our markets, This is Vienna, and you can see in Vienna, back in the beginning of December, they were down 50% for the 30-day period 
as of January, uh, December the 5th, 4th. They were down 50% on average for their 30-year inventory, right? So that's like, oh my gosh, we're starving to death. Our inventory is not coming back. But look how it progressively got better and better and better. And really, when I looked at it uh, today or this morning, it was 4% higher than it was over the five-year average. So a lot of things go into this, but, but the one thing I really need to look at is the inventory for each individual market. So let's look at some of the markets that we cover. So, so let's say that if you look at Vienna, in the beginning of the month, we were at 50% uh, behind our normal inventory, and now we're basically dead even, right? 4% higher, actually, on the current number. So what was that? So I looked at it, and what happened was, I didn't put that chart on because I didn't have the time, but that chart looks like this. The inventory from the five-year average goes like this, and the inventory from this year went straight along. So really, there was 19 homes put on in the last 30 days, and it ended 19 homes on, and it just went up and down as it went through. So really what happened was, it wasn't that um, Vienna got this blast of inventory, it's the, the lack, you know, the, the, the natural curve never happened to this market. So we're actually currently at right where we were over the 30-day period last year. I hope that makes sense. But, you know, you need to be inquisitive if you're a realtor. And I know a lot of Samson agents watch this. You just need to be inquisitive. Why is that? How did that happen? You know, are we, are we in a period of, of lack of inventory? Do I have control of the market? Or... Are there 10 competitors on the market with me? And if you're listing a house, these are critical numbers you need to know. So yeah, we have um, an analytics department at our team and that's all they run is analytics. So when we do a pricing model, it's not just this is what it's worth, but this is how we got here and this is where we're going. So either be very careful or be aggressive, one or the other. So that's what it tells us. So like I said, here you can see that not all markets are the same. So look at Haymarket. Haymarket is down, I think that says 37%. So, so their 30-year inventory is down 37%. But Arlington, McLean's is up 11. Oakton's is up 14. As I said this morning, Vienna's was up four. So you can see we're starting to get some inventory coming back. If ever there was a chart for us to watch as we get into 2024, it's this chart. It's do we start seeing more green, more green, more green? The reason why the real estate market was down 20 or 30% last year was no inventory. So don't we think that inventory is the most important thing to watch? Is it coming back? So in 2023, we basically had three people selling their house. It was caused by death, divorce, downsizing. Now downsizing comes in many forms. Older people say, hey, the houses are priced right. Let's just get out of here. It's time to, time to leave the big house and move down. Um, some people are mortgage bankers or some industry that is not making as much money as they used to. And they said, we can't afford the big house. We got to move to a smaller house. That's downsizing. People that lost their job, they need to sell and rent. So, so downsizing had a couple of different categories, but it was basically people that <coughs> are selling because of a death, because of a divorce, or because of death, some form of downsizing. So those are the main, that's why inventory was down because the people that wanted to sell and move couldn't. Who's going to leave a 2.5% interest rate for an 8% interest rate? That comes to the next group. I think I'm rolling up here on interest rates. 
So look what happened in the, you know, if we look at this down on the bottom, that's all, this is the year it was of 30-year fixed interest rates. And this is right out of Fannie Mae. So if we look at that, the fourth quarter was a disaster. Interest rates went up to 8%, right? Now, if you watch Coffee with Casey, I follow this pretty um, extensively, and I follow it all the way back to the more oil production we have, the lower the gas prices, the lower the inflation, the lower the interest rate. So where I start is in the gas field, is in the oil fields. I'm looking at what is the average production of oil in the United States. Now, what happened was it went from 13 million barrels a day to 10, and then to nine. And what happened? Prices of gas went up to four and a half, five dollars a gallon. What happened to inflation? If the cost of fuel drives inflation up for everything, food, everything we get, right? Now we're gonna have inflation. Now we're gonna have high interest rates. So I go back to the beginning and say, I think it's starting in the oil fields. Are we pumping or are we not pumping? As soon as we started going, right? As soon as they decided we need to, we need to start pumping more fuel, all of a sudden the oil production went up to 13.3, 13.4 million barrels a day, which is where it is now, and gas prices went down. Where did, where did inflation go? Down. Where are interest rates going? Down. Where did it start? 13.2 billion uh, million barrels a day. So, in my opinion, you know, that's what's driving this. The good thing is they did get that memo, I think. There is, we're up at 13.3, 13.4. As long as they keep it at those levels, we'll have lower fuel prices. Lower fuel prices means lower inflation. Lower inflation means lower interest rates. So I think we're, I think we're on the right track right now. But uh, trust me, we watch it every week because we need to know. We can't get blindsided as, as people that are buying, selling, or uh, professionals in the real estate industry. Now, here's the catch. And here's where I know that that interest rate of 6.675 is way too high. It's way too high. Because the leading indicator for interest rates are the 10-year bonds, right? 10-year treasuries. So can you see where it was at 5%? So basically, the 30-year fix should be 1.7% higher than that number right there. Now, that number currently today is about 3.8, so it's heading down. So, so even at that number, shouldn't interest rates be more like 5.75%, not 6.6, 6.75? So there is a one-point buffer right now that the, that the cautious banks have on their 30-year fixed mortgages. So where they really should be is 5.75%, and they're coming down. Now, the Fed has already said they're willing to drop the, uh, you know, their rates three times in 2024. So all indicators right this second are that interest rates should be in the fives. They should be there right now. Now, what's taking them so long? I don't know. That's a question for some of the bankers. But 1.7 points over that number right there is 5.75%. Well, 5.65, we want to get 5.5, we want to get technical. So it's not 6.67%. So I want everyone to know, when I say that interest rates are going into the fives, we have proof of leading indicators that are pushing it that way. And, and then the word from the Fed. Now, you, you know, 
I do coffee with Casey every Thursday because stuff changes. And if you're playing by the rules that were a month or two or three old, then, you know, then you're going to miss something. So you need to keep up to date as buyers, sellers, and real estate professionals on what's going on in the market and what's coming into the market. So let's go back on that inventory real quick. <coughs> what does that tell us? If you're going to sell, when do you want to sell? When inventory is low, right? When inventory is low, you have less competition, your prices are higher, because what happens if somebody, if in 2016 they flooded the market with houses? In Vienna, over 1.35 million. In 2016, I listed a house and it didn't get contracts. It's a miracle it didn't get contracts. And I was like, what the heck's going on? 62 active listings on the market, over 1.35 million. 62. Two were under contract. One was mine, which is the only reason why I kept that picture. But two were under contract. Now, when you have that kind of inventory, you don't want to be a seller when there's a massive amount of inventory, right? You want to be a buyer when there's a massive amount of inventory. But right now, you know, the the impetus to the sellers is if that inventory comes in, the, if the interest rates come down, they go, now is the time. Everybody puts their house on the market. Now you've got a ton of competition. That's what concerns me that my main concern is that too many hot people are going to put their house on the market, prices are going to get soft, and you know everybody's like, hey, the market's doing great. Not anymore. Once that inventory goes up, those prices are going to dip, okay? So you know we need to keep our finger on that pulse. Um, so the message to the sellers right now is if you're going to get your house on the market, you want to get it on early. You want to get on January, February, and March. You don't want to wait until April or May because that massive amount of inventory could be coming. Good for realtors. We make more money when they list more houses. Not so good for sellers that have more competition and more people to compete with, right? Now, again, this is a balancing act. We've got inventory. Inventory could be pushing house pricing up and interest rates push pricing down. What happened? They balanced out. So they're the same price all year, right? So we're good. Another thing that tells me is we can use um, comparables that are all year. The problem has been that so few houses have sold that it's hard to get really good comps. But now the one thing this tells me is if prices have been the same all year long and aren't going up or down, they're counterbalancing each other. I should be able to use comps from February, March of last year, April, May, June, right? So... Anyways, it just certain things, these charts aren't just charts. They tell you things. They tell you, yeah, you want to get on the market with lower inventory. You want to do it early, not late. Um, because if the inventory comes, now we got more competition. Uh, interest rates will be coming down. We know that's going to happen. I would say that the seven to 10 year arms will be in the fours probably by April. Uh, you know, VA and, and FHA march to their own thing. I basically go off the 30-year fixed and then their, their um, uh, seven to 10-year arms. In, in fact, to be honest with you, I just had a VA loan come in on one of our houses because we didn't have that many buyers. It's the first VA loan I've seen. And I mean, we just don't see a lot of VA loans. In some markets, most markets, you'll see a lot of them. In our market, we just don't see that much. Mm. So let's take a look at this. Another important chart we need to look at before you list a house, 
let's say I'm going to sell a house under a million dollars in Vienna. How many homes that are on the market are under contract? Well, right now, 77% of the homes that are listed are under contract. So what does that tell you? Only 23% are active or available, right? So, so when I look at this chart, anything over that green line, anything over 60%, that is a seller's market. So under a million dollars, Vienna, Oakton, Centerville, uh, Aldi, all seller's markets. This is under a million. And then, you know, hay market, still solid, still seller's market. Everybody else is still in that neutral range of 50 to 54%. So to be honest with you, you know, right this second, my, my statement of it's a seller's market is true because of this right here. But you got to know each individual market, okay? So, so these are important to watch. And, and again, when I walk into a house and I'm doing a listing presentation, we're looking at these charts. Now let's look at over a million. So it's 20% in McLean, 33% in Vienna. So 33% of the house in Vienna are under contract over a million dollars. And if it's under a million dollars, it's 77%. So when I walk in and somebody says, well, how's the market? I don't know. What city are you in? What's your price range? Are you over a million? Are you under a million? Are you on 1.5? I got, I got a, every market is different. So you're in Alexandria. So you have to look at your Alexandria market. What's happening in Vienna doesn't mean anything to you. It's just what is your market? How many homes are under contract? And when I'm going into a listing presentation, if we're in a seller's market, that's something the seller needs to know. If we're in a buyer's market, seller needs to know that too. See that 33%? That means 6, 6.7 houses are not under contract in that in Vienna over a million dollars. That tells me we need to be more aggressive on pricing, right? We need to be just be more aggressive, more thoughtful, more cautious, more cautious. I didn't mean to use the word aggressive. I meant more cautious when we don't have control of a market, okay? So, and we'll go over a couple of these things. We had a conversation before Coffee with Casey with some of the agents in the room, and I want to address some of their, uh, some of the things that we were talking about. All right, so yeah, 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 yeah. How are prices? So these are prices from 2018 on a 3,000 square foot house built in 1990 in Vienna. So that's what it was worth every year as we got. So why is this important? Well, see in 2021, I believe, 2021, see that big bubble? Well, you got to know that bubble because what happened was interest rates were at their low and so was inventory. So we had no inventory and low interest rates. That's what caused the bubble. So when is the bubble going to correct or how is it going to correct? So you can see that it leveled off and pretty much 2021 and 2023 prices are about the same. Now, consistent, there's plenty of, there's plenty of homes on the market for me to get good data on. So, so we can clearly see that those prices are about the same. They flattened out. Now, what the heck is the green line? If we started back in 2018 and I took that price of that house and I adjusted for inflation, that's the green line. So that's what it should be if it just went up for inflation. So you can see currently, because of lack of inventory, homes are overpriced by about, I can't see what that is, maybe 80,000, 90,000 bucks. They're still overpriced. So Donnie and I argue all the time 
Are they coming down 6%? Are they not coming down 6%? I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Because if these interest rates go down, that's upward pressure on housing. If the inventory goes like this, now we're good. Now it's going to stay even. So you've got to play this game. You just got to play this game. Bottom line is, and, and I don't just check Vienna. There's Vienna versus Reston versus Oakton. Oakton is in the Oakton colors of maroon. Vienna is in the Vienna colors of black. So you can see, you know, if you're comparing houses in Vienna and Oakton, it's pretty damn similar. Now, I would think my thought was that Vienna is worth $100,000 to $150,000 more than Oakton. Not so. <coughs> Not so. And I'll tell you why. That big mobile group that left brought in a bunch of doctors. And doctors love Oakton. They love Oakton. They're moving into some of those big houses. So as the mobile execs all left, making $150,000 a year, the $600,000 a year doctors all rolled in, and they like Oakton, and they like those big houses. They like a lot of those neighborhoods. So when we take a big Oakton house, it goes right to <laughs> Nova Hospital, and we start pumping, right? Because we do get a lot. You got to know who your buyers are. Again, the green is Reston, and <coughs> shows you that Reston never experienced the bubble that, that Vienna and Oakton did. That might draw a conclusion that homes in Reston are a better price right now. This is the more farther out counties, Haymarket, next time I'll do Alexandria, Haymarket, Ashburn, Centerville, and South Riding. And you can see they're all following similar paths. And right this second, Centerville is not keeping up. So Centerville may be the best buy of that whole group right now, right? So, so we follow this, but again, it's still showing me that look at a lot of them flattening out where they are pretty much where they were. So Vienna's not a fluke. It's not an anomaly. It's the norm, and prices are the norm. So as we clear out last year, we look at the fact that prices are where they were. And now, I've, now you know how they did and what we'll watch. Every Wednesday, I'll do a market in a minute that's going to move fast. It's going to go, you know, inventory, interest rates, um, success rates, prices. Boom, fast. But then in Coffee with Casey, we can talk it out a little bit and learn how that happened why it happens, and what we're looking for next, okay? I think that's it, right, Justin? You click all that off. Even though prices are, even though uh, inventory is down, the interest rates are still 6.65% and people are waiting. So is that buyer pool engaged yet? Not really. So you still have to do certain things, right? So we talked about a house going on the market and the importance of doing a pre-home inspection. This year, we, we had listed, let's say, 80, maybe 80, 85 houses. We sold 80, 85 houses. We sold them all. All of them sold, and I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, we make sure that they're priced right. So when you put a listing on, we make sure the price is correct. Second of all, the predictive analysis saved us 50% of the time. So the predictive analysis was a game, not a game changer, because we've been doing it now for three years. We put the home on the market in as an open house. I mean, as um, coming soon. We put it on for seven days. We put it at a price that might be a little aggressive. Uh, 800 or 850? Let's try 850. No market there. So in that seven days, we do geofencing, social media, blast it out, do our email cards, do our renters, do all everything we can possibly do. Let the neighbors know, you know, tell your friends. We do it all. 
in that seven days. And then we listen. And it gets closer. And on the Wednesday before we launch, then we start looking at the hit counter. How big is our buyer pool? How many people are looking at this house? How many people love this house? We've already done our reverse prospect, marketed to everybody on the reverse prospect list. So how many people love this house? And that's a strong indicator because if I have six people that are all saying, this is my favorite house, baby, we're going live. We're going live at that number, right? And I know that I've got at least three contracts coming in. So we look at, first you want to look at your hit counter. That's easy. Everybody's got that. It's on MLS. Then you want to look at your showing time. How many people are coming to see the house? If I'm going to launch on Thursday and I know I've got two people coming, I'm at the wrong price. We got a major problem. Now, I'm going to tell you this. We, we closed 100% of our deals in 2023, and we couldn't afford to lose any of them, right? Can you imagine how bad it would be if 20% or 30% of your listings didn't sell? That would crush us. I mean, I just can't handle something like that. So this predictive analysis saved us from any homes really kicking out. So in that seven-day period, we would test it. We would watch. And I set expectations with the seller. Don't get married to 850. Do not get married to 850. We may go to 800. That may be where the buyer pool is. We're looking for the buyer pool. We're not looking for your sales price. We're looking for the buyer pool with, with our list price. So we're going to move that thing up and down. We're going to find that buyer pool. Because when I push that launch button, we're getting people rolling in that house. A lot of contracts coming in in control, no home inspection, no financing contingency. That's the way we want it to be, okay? So the predictive analysis, we have meetings with our sellers on Wednesday morning. They are not pretty meetings. They are not fun meetings. They are difficult meetings. And it would be very easy for me just to say, eh, screw it, let's go off at the 850. I would be doing them a disservice. We need to have the meeting. We need, I always say in our team, the truth will set you free. You have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth to the seller, and it ain't pretty. Now, let me tell you, we just settled on one yesterday, uh, just yesterday, and the seller wanted 875. Tried 875. I had nobody there. Nobody there. 875. We moved to 850. <clears throat> Seller's got to take all his money, put it in a nursing home, and he doesn't have that much left over. He's, you know, we're cutting it tight at 850. Um, and I said, you, you just got to trust me, man. The buyer pool is not at 875. Nobody's coming. Let's get to 850. I think it's worth 900. My models say 900, but there's just nobody looking at it up there. So we dropped it to 850. We immediately had a bunch of contracts. We sold it for 900,000. We just settled yesterday. Thrilled to death. And I looked over at him. He's got to be 90. You know, I'm like, hey, were you a little concerned? Are you a little worried? And he goes, I was concerned. I was very concerned. He goes, but I trusted you, and that's, that's just what the sellers have to do. They have to do their research, know who they're dealing with, trust the agent to do what's right. And so by that predictive analysis, instead of it sitting on for eight, 875 and then dwindling down, dwindling down, dwindling down, him getting 825 he got 900 and he got it that, you know, that weekend. So... <clears throat> with no home inspection and no finance contingency and a clean deal. So, you know, 25% um, of the houses didn't sell this year. Is that an amazing number? 
we have our inventory is way down, and yet 25% of the houses that were listed did not sell. Now, again, let me repeat why people are selling. People sold in 2023 for three reasons. Death, divorce, downsizing. None of those are optional sales reasons. I had to sell it. We need to sell it. Not, I'm thinking about it, maybe I want to sell it. I have to sell that house. So it is criminal to me that you take that sensitive of a seller and can't sell their house. How does that happen? Well, because let's say somebody listed that house for this old man at 875 and it doesn't sell and, and they sit there and sit there and sit there. And then all of a sudden he has to withdraw because he needs to find somebody that'll sell his house for him. Now, when you withdraw a house, that what does that do? That hurts the value. You've just told the market 875 is not the number. So now you're getting less than 875. So you failed that seller. And you can't do that, right? You can't do that. How did 25% of the houses not sell? You've got to follow the rules. In 2023, it taught us one thing. You have to follow the rules. You have to be very, you have to know the market. You have to know the buyer pools. You got to do your predictive analysis. You have to do, and this is one thing that's extremely clear, you have to do the home inspection for all listings, all of them. Not the good ones get away with it, because the good ones are the most susceptible to kicking out. All of them. It's a very, it's a very stressful time. Buyers are not exactly, let's go, right? They get scared, and there are people kicking out out there. We can't have a kick out. We can't have that. We need backup contracts. We need no home inspections. We need no financing contingencies. When those interest rates went to seven and a half and eight percent, we had four contracts that had home that had uh, financing contingencies. Two of them kicked out. Fifty percent. We had to backfill them with back contracts that we had. Thank God, we had back contract backup contracts. But, but my whole thing, and you guys have heard anybody listen to Coffee with Casey for a long time knows I say. No financing contingency, no home inspection. And we do everything in our power to keep from that happening, right? I, due to interest rates in the sevens, eights, four houses at home had a, a finance contingency within the last 60 days. Two of them kicked out. So that just proves, really, we must do everything in our power not to have a home sale contingency, not to have a financing contingency. And, not, and I'm telling you, my sellers were two professors in one case and a doctor and a dentist in another case. Who could be more secure than those guys? Go figure. No, we do not. We have a home inspector on that we work with, and I've, he's clear what his purpose is, to inspect six items, and we need a clear report on all of them. If something is broken, we need to know about it. We need to fix it. We're not selling the house with something wrong with it. And it's that conviction, and that'll give you a reputation, right, with the other realtors. And when I say it's fixed, it's fixed, right? And we have contractors on staff. If he gives it up, the contractor get over there, fix it, give us a um, clear bill of health. The inspector will come back out. He'll give us the clear report, and that's what will be put in the hands of the, of the buyers. And I don't mean half of them or just the bad houses. 
I mean all of them. All of them. So, um, you know, a lot of sellers will, or buyers, sellers will come to us and say, I've heard about you, and they will listen to me and be responsive. A newer agent might not get that kind of, of stuff with them, so it may be a little more difficult sometime, but the bottom line is that we need to do a pre-inspection, and you can give us a call anytime. Hey, and, and we do this all the time with our team. Hey, anybody know a good uh, home inspector? Who, who do you use to do this? Who do you use to do that? I mean, our whole team, we're always like that. So anytime somebody needs something, they just send me a quick email. Who do you guys use for this? I'll send it to the team. They'll shoot us back a bunch of, uh, of uh, suggestions, okay? But those are things in 2023 that we learned, we stuck with. If we didn't do it, if we, if we varied, it got very risky. We survived them, but it got too risky. So in 2024, we're going to go back to trying to avoid the heck out of it. And with lower interest rates, we're hoping the buyer pools are bigger. There are more contracts come in. There are more competitive contracts that are coming in. And then we'll have backups, no home inspections, no financing contingency. So that's what we're going to work on. Will rates, will prices go up or down? Watch the inventory. Watch the rates, watch the inventory. And stay on it like a, like a hawk, okay? So, um, and, and that's consistent with all markets. I know we have a Charlestown, uh, you know, you guys have just come, come onto the market, you know, with Samson in a big way, right? Do you guys do home inspections down on, on any of your properties before you sell them down in Charleston? Yeah, you do? Okay. Do pre-inspections and all that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just found that when I didn't do it, I got burned. <laughs> and every time I get burned, I think, God dang, I'm not going to let that happen again. You know, I got enough power with these. Uh, I, they will listen to me, you know? Um, and so... Uh, you know, as we look ahead to 2024, I see interest rates coming down into the fours because I think people are going to be using seven to 10 year arms. I think those will come down in the forms, uh, in the fours. Um, I think inventory is going to come back. So as interest rates come down, inventory is going to come up. Prices are going to be the same. I don't see any, if, if we don't see a lot of inventory and interest rates come down, you're going to start seeing prices going up, Right. And you're going to have to be understanding of both on a weekly basis, not on a monthly or annual basis. Do not read what's in the newspapers. What's in the newspapers is old. I don't do, I don't use anything from uh, market snapshot or any of that stuff that they do on the MLS where they give you these. These are, these are stats that are done here. I mean, I'm, I'm over here. Stats are back here. Decisions were made back there. I need to know back there. I don't want to be, I don't need to know that, right? I need to know this, what's happening right now. So everything is hand done. All the charts are hand done. Nothing is snatched from any computers because we all need to know. And I'll, I'll update these every, every you know, Wednesday on the market snapshot and, uh, and coffee with Casey. But, um, you know, that's what we need to watch out for as we move forward, okay, in this market. Um, but the rules won't change. They'll be, we'll still be doing predictive analysis. In 2021, when the market was the hottest, when everybody's paying the most, there were still times that we would put a house on for 1.35 million, and we put a house on for 1.35 million, wouldn't test well at all. Didn't test well at all. Had to move it to 1.3. Sellers are furious. Furious. Nobody's at 1.35. We gotta go to 1.3. It sold at 1.49. Two contracts, 1.49. 
this young, you know, the 90-year-old guy that we just, uh, gentleman that we just sold for, you know, was concerned, uh, probably a little scared. I mean, he only has so much money, he's not making any more money, right? That's a big $50,000. So let's think about this. He's not making another nickel. He's got to take what he has. His wife has passed away. He's got to move into this uh, whatever, you know, old whatever, assisted living kind of place. And he's, it's razor sharp. Do you think him getting 900000 now, as opposed to eight twenty-five after going through this downward, what we call the death spiral, do you think that $70,000, $75,000 is important to that man? Do you think that the um, peace of mind of having your house under contract with two backups, you know, gave him comfort that he could go ahead and guarantee and say the check's going to be here and start moving everybody and get everything going. And with that, I say this. The one thing I learned in, um, in 2023 is you got to tell him. You got to tell him. You can't. You, if you know that he's going to get hit by a bus, you got to tell him. You know, and I think that in years gone by, you know, Maybe the market was hotter or better, and you know, maybe you could get away with a mistake or two. Can't get away with a mistake in 2023. In early 2024, you cannot make a mistake. You can't make any mistake. So, so the one term that we use more than anything right now is you got to tell them. You know what's coming. They know what's coming. No, they don't know what's coming. You got to tell them what's coming. What they're hearing is. They're hearing from their neighbors, 850, that's crazy. What are you, crazy? You need another realtor. He's an idiot. That guy's an idiot. I don't, you know, know, I've had neighbors call me names. What the hell are you doing? You know, I tested that number. That number didn't work. I'm telling you, there's no buyer pool at that number. We got to come here, and then we get it, and it goes over the top. And then I feel like going around and doing high fives to all the neighbors and go, how about that? Got Got your neighbor and others, you know, whatever. So anyways, that's the theory for 2024. That's moving ahead. Those are the two things you have to watch out for. That's where prices stand. There's where interest rates are headed. Um, And now we have to sit and wait and chart and watch. Is the inventory here or not? And I will tell you, you know, if you look in your markets down in Alexandria, then you just go on and say, how many homes in this price range in this area? Because you guys are different markets in Alexandria. What's the price range for this market? How many homes are are there? How many are under contract? And how many are active? If that's over 60%, you're in a seller's market. If that's like this, you're in a buyer's market. So you need to know that. So that's a quick way to track all of your stuff. How many homes are there? How many are active? How many are under contract? Get that number and it'll tell you whether you're in a buyer's seller's market and away you go. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey, where we come to you every Thursday at 10.30. I started this in 2020 and figured I had enough information to go two shows. And I haven't stopped. I haven't haven't shut up since. So, So anyways, but we stay up to date on market conditions and market strategies. Things change and you have to know what you're doing. There are tens of thousands of dollars at risk when you buy or sell real estate. You can catch me at Casey at CaseySampson.com or 703-508-2535.
Or you can go to CaseySampson.com. Julie has all the podcasts up there, YouTubes and podcasts of all the shows. We'll see you again next week on Coffee with Casey. Bye now. <laughs>